to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to The Multipolar World. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Monday, January 2nd in the year 2023. And we crossed a big, another big benchmark. We actually crossed it yesterday on New Year's Day, which is pretty awesome. We actually crossed 34 million downloads. Oh, yeah. That's kind of cool. 34 million downloads. Two years ago, we were like about 400,000, something like that, two years ago. And today, 34 million in 120 countries were all over. And I want to thank every single one of you. This is awesome. And this year is going to be just as big, if not bigger. Because we've got a lot to do, a lot of great things coming. And we are going to make start taking what we talk about on the podcast and bringing it to the ground to anchor ourselves for a breakaway economy to push this nation of Christian beliefs. Christian nationalism will be our focus. And we're going to start ignoring this deep state that's trying to destroy everything. But in the meantime, we're celebrating 34 million plus downloads. Thank you very much, Patriots. It's an awesome way to start the new year. Blessed, honored, and just another demonstration of how God works. Power. When he wants to move mountains, he moves mountains. It's pretty incredible. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about the multipolar world, which is going to be a real challenge to us. And as part of that, there's tons of disruptions. And of course, one of the top disruptions you better be prepared for is what they're going to be doing to the financial markets. Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turned a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I am tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews. Secure your future with gold. Start today with a free info kit. There is zero obligation to make this request. Just text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. Birch Gold. 
Again, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. This is the best way to start the new year. Birch Gold, check it out, 989898. All right, folks, so we have been living through a period of what was essentially a monopolar or unipolar world. And what that means is that in our, a lot of our lifetime since the late 90s, or actually the early 90s, the United States has been the single economic power in the world. And it's created a, a force of what's referred to as a hegemon. And that's different than, say, a kingdom. It's its influence economically that has kept everybody in line. And the binding power of that has been the dollar. The dollar has been the one piece of all of this that has kept the nations in alliance with U.S.'s will. And if not, we just simply go to war and destroy them. And we've demonstrated that time and again. Iraq 1, Iraq 2, Afghanistan, any of the little piddly countries around us that we decide to go step on every once in a while, we do that too. This is how we've run. And our our foreign policy has been based on a, an extremely strong military. They can overpower and overmatch anybody. And we tend to pick on militaries that are lesser than us anyway, because we've never really gone head to head with a major military. And though we have had a lot of war experience, most of that now is out of our ranks. We've replaced our war experience with high heels, men wearing dresses, and gender concerned, concerning about pronouns, which gives us even greater, mightier power. I understand. I guess if you, if you start screaming, I'm an it to the Chinese, they all run away. But anyway, what is happening, what is happening in 2023, and this is a, an important benchmark to understand, is we are now entering into what's called the multipolar world. We had been forecasting this for some time. In fact, I did a piece for the Pentagon back in 2014, 2013, 2014, that discussed exactly this, the rise of the multipolar world. And this is where we are. And this multipolar world is a very different world. It will change pretty much everything over time in the way we do business. And one of those big issues that's going to happen most immediately is going to be availability of things. We have become a nation that's one, one level very interconnected with the world. We're also owned by many different elements of the world. The multipolar world is a representation of a new corporate hegemon, meaning that it's a corporate architecture that's controlling assets across the world and moving things, but working in more localized economies. So consider it like this. McDonald's here right now, and I hate McDonald's, but if you were a McDonald's user, a McDonald's lover, for example, of their food, essentially you could get a Big Mac in France, a Big Mac in Russia, a Big Mac in China, Japan, and here that would be very similar if not exactly the same. In a multipolar world, that could change dramatically. For example, if the United States continues down this path of lunacy, you would have a Big Mac here that would be made of grown protein, um, bugs, and whatever else they want to, and probably like genetically modified lettuce. So that would, and I'm really not kidding when I say that, that could be a requirement from the green agenda that would happen here. And that's how the Big Mac would be required to be built. And that would be the flavor that you would get. In somewhere like Japan, they might cast all that aside. And they might say, nope, if you're going to have a, a Big Mac in Japan, you're going to have to use soy products and fish. That's the only thing we're going to allow. And so they would then have to modify their 
flavor profiles and their production to address those local markets. In the globalist unified market model, which was led by the U.S., that model, everything was designed to be the same. In the multipolar model, regionalism starts to take predominance and people start to take power in their local markets. But there's much more to it than that. And this is why we're going to dig into this tonight. So the first thing to really keep in mind, and it's very important, is that the supply chain system is being disrupted. And so there's good reason that we talk about prepping all the time. Are you prepared if the worst suddenly happens? I'm talking about nationwide food shortages on a massive scale. Once the public panics, forget about grocery stores. They'll be stripped bare within hours. You simply won't be able to buy food anywhere at any price. That means you need a solid stockpile of emergency food. Right now, you can visit preparewithbards.com to save $200 on a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest preparedness company. This kit is packed with delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. Enough to feed one person for three whole months. Like a fire extinguisher, you'll be glad you have this kit when you need it. Go to preparewithbards.com to get this special $200 discount. These kits are in stock and you won't pay for shipping. It's free. Your order will arrive quickly in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Don't wait another day. Time is not on our side. Go to preparewithbards.com right now. Preparewithbards.com. There's no better way to start the new year than to ensure that you are prepped. Again, go to preparewithbards.com right now. Preparewithbards.com. That's my Patriot Supply. So, Patriots, here's the thing is that under this unipolar world, we became very complacent. We had a dominance in economic power over nations. We could spend endlessly in our federal government. We could print money endlessly. Whenever we incurred debt, we would just pass it off onto other nations. And the main recipients of that benefit have been the elite, not us. And in the process, what's happened is as other nations have been scrambling to reposition themselves to be competitive, they've been investing heavily in infrastructure. We haven't. United States right now is pretty much a backwards country by comparison to many other nations. China has taken the benefit of being able to steal or get for free, thanks to our, cor- our corrupted political and corporate system, the latest in technologies and advances. And they've invested heavily into infrastructure in their nation because they were so far behind. Russia has done the same. So has India, and they're continuing to do so, and other nations. And as they've been building to this point, other nations have really positioned themselves to be highly aggressive on a world market. Now, in the past, into this unipolar world, this, the problem that we are now facing is we become accustomed to where no matter what other countries did, we made a benefit from it. And that's because everything ultimately was traded in dollars. That was the predominant control mechanism, the architecture of hegemon right there was the dollar. And that's what kept everybody in its place. And so if you acted up, if you decided to grow a big military and try to take over your neighbor and the world leaders that said stop and you said no, they just pull your dollar support 
and cut you out of the world economy. But what's happening now is we're seeing a destruction of this globalism. And from one perspective, that's there's this kind of a celebration going on. It's like, oh, look, they're losing. Really, this is more by design. And it's more by design, and they're moving us into this next phase because in order for them to accomplish the idea of creating a deeper and bigger prison on the world, we have to start moving towards more regionalism and isolationism so that we're not as connected to everybody else. It's easy to do things when, when you don't pay attention or don't know what your neighbor's doing and we're doing something over here, then we're, not, we're always at odds with one another. It also creates a fantastic environment to keep states at odds with one another for those masters of the universe that like to play power politics. And so you end up with a lot more threat and division and less unity. That's the multipolar world. It briefs well, if you listen to Putin, He's going to tell you that we're entering into a new era where people can live more freely in their regional and cultural ways. That sounds good. But in fact, what, we've, what we're losing here in this is a sort of respect for one another. And other states are now leaping forward to take on power. And one of the greatest things that they want to see destroyed is us, the United States. And in particular, us and the West. And right now we're heavily weakened. So... What that leads to is that there's going to continuing to be in this multipolar world, each state is going to have to build up more of its, put more resources into military power, which is really ridiculous, but that's where we're going because governments are going to always try to take advantage of another. And you're going to have as well these fights for economics. Now, again, we've lived in a monopolar or unipolar world for some time before this was the bipolar world. And bipolar was very much in this definition of the Cold War, Russia versus the United States. China wasn't in the figure right then. And the two countries, Russia and the United States, built up massive strategic arsenals, which created what they call a measure of detente, also known as the MAD strategy, mutual assured destruction. So the idea was that no matter what happened, the two countries wouldn't annihilate each other because each country had sufficient amount of resources in its layers of, of nuclear strategic defense that they could each annihilate each other multiple times over. And so that effectively there would be nothing left in the world for each one to prosper from or to pillage so there was no benefit in killing the other one. So it, it's an interesting strategy. I think it was made up. I don't think it was really as big a deal as they said because ultimately one actor, if somebody is committed to destroying one another, they can do that. But nonetheless, that created at least an essence or a perspective of neutrality or peace, we should say. Peace through superior firepower concept. But as we've moved into this, into the 80s, and then we had the Cold War heat up and the economic aspect of the Cold War, the United States, with its banking cartels, which are pretty much hubbing out of Switzerland, is where this war was waged against Russia and we broke the economy of Russia, which was the CCP. And so the CCP went bankrupt. Effectively, it was broken. And Russia was, it's this Iron Curtain, if you had grew up in that period, the Iron Curtain was these peripheral states around it, which Russia was building to keep the West at bay. That was historically the way Russia works anyway. It, does, it keeps a buffer around it so that foreign powers can't easily enter in. It's, and it has a history of being invaded, especially invaded by the Catholic Church at one point, 
And so Russia has a, an idea, especially since we go back to Peter the Great, for example, when the Western bankers tried to do exactly what they ended up doing under the CCP. They liked, they want people out of their country. Russia falls, so the Soviet Union falls, and from the ashes comes up Russia. And with that, they have, they've lost a lot of that satellite buffering that they historically had had. Now, that put us in a very interesting position. A couple of things. Number one, we broke Russian economy so severely that out of one of the things that comes out of the Cold War, which is really sick, is a massive surge in Russian sex trafficking because families were so broken that they were, and so desperate, two things were happening. In order to make money, Russian mobs, organized crime, Russian organized crime was take or was selling, buying their women into slavery, putting their women into slavery and selling them to the West or to pornography outfits. And Russian women became a prize for globalists to own and trade. And that also with that came a massive industry of the porn industry laced in with the Russian organized crime. And Russian organized crime also was responsible for a large percentage of the internet spam, taking advantage of the, the, the abilities to create whatever internet traffic in the gullible and stupid they would, they would sucker for these spam advertisements. In fact, it was the late 90s, early 2000s, that they took down one of the Russian spamming organizations, and this is no exaggeration, Overnight, 40% of the global internet traffic went away. That's how much spam was coming out of Russia. Probably still is. Russia had been in a broken economy. They've since been building back up. But the West waged a war against them. And economically, we won that, but we put ourselves then into what is a uniparty, unipolar position where the United States was then in control. But what we didn't realize or maybe we should have, and we were just too naive and too consumed with ourselves. All of this was part of a power shift now, which is how these corporations work. The greatest threat to the world is the United States, not because of its military, but because of its ideology, its belief. We're strong as a country. We remain strong in Christian beliefs, and we had the strongest military, but we also had the most focused and dedicated soldiers. We can demonstrate that over and over. Because there's a true belief in freedom and God in the way our soldiers fight. So the next phase of their plan, as we can look back on now, was to shift power into a new centralized area, which was going to be China. And so they built what we know as the ghost cities. If you've known that, all these cities were being built. We had Massive amounts of institution institution and architecture that was built to build this new dystopian state in China. Much of that technology was coming from our tech companies, which were ultimately funded as we learned more and more. Many of them were funded and advised by our intelligence agencies that were people would leave the intelligence agencies. They go into the into the tech industry and then they would take their expertise and they would embed that into the tech ownership and copyright and patent system, and then that would be transferred in for part of the corporate profile, and then they would share those technologies 
and it was illegal ends up being illegal transfer of technologies over to China, so they can build a massive architecture and infrastructure up. So essentially, we built our own enemy by design. They would then be the new threat to the United States, as we were internally chopped up to pieces and dumbed down as a society and then became where we are today, which is little shy of a train wreck. As we enter now into 2023, the agreements that have been made over the last year, especially over the last couple of months, have completely changed the landscape going forward. Just talking in economics, and there's other aspects to this beyond economics, is the focus of what's happened to the dollar. The dollar now is being is just one of a number of currencies that's being traded for oil. But worse than that, the dollar has no hard metals backing. What's being rolled out with Russia is a gold-backed digital ruble. And that's now started to move, and that will continue to move as other countries are trying to bail from the dollar. And the economy of the United States is still big enough with its global trading that it's not going to happen right away. But the fact is that people are starting to pivot off of the dollar because there's also with that, they're now able to pivot off of that hegemon of control that we had over them, which means that they can now start to build their own alliances. So we've seen Turkey now starting to rise up. We've seen Iran rising up and moving into a greater orbit in agreements with Russia. We see the BRICS nations coming up, which is Britain, or I'm sorry, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. So they're coming up, and they are those BRICS nations are using gold as a, as a backing for their currencies. China has the Silk and Road Project, which is still trying to push with its own version of a, a digital uh, system to exchange. Russia is looking at blockchain technologies to now do global trade. And the SWIFT system, which was the backing of the international trade system to move dollars between banks, is now being rejected by other countries and is starting to decline. The new system they're trying to rush into place in the West is the CBDC, which is a central bank digital currency, which each of the central banks is going, wants to issue those in their countries. They are coming. The Fed CBDC is coming. And this essentially within your bank account is going to create this basket of currencies. The banks will start to offer your ability to have your crypto and your cash and whatever else you have in there and then and your CBDC. And then you can convert it all over into CBDC. And, of course, that means total absolute control over your finances. Each country in its own way is moving towards more control over its people. That's part of this multipolar shift. And that's just that's just the physical aspects of this economy. Obviously, militarily, each country is going to have to strengthen itself or build new alliances. So you're seeing these traditional alliances completely fall apart. In the midst of all of this, and to accomplish this as well, you needed something to break that hegemon of the United States. It wasn't just an economic issue. They needed something more. Well, we know what that something more is. That came with grace grass of Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, and Johnson & Johnson in the form of a bioweapon. And so we're seeing the casualty of that now. And anybody that's promoting this in any form, you can just consider an enemy of the people. 
Because if you're still, if anybody is still pushing this in bioweapon, which is now killing about 2,500 people a day as a consequence and five and injuring about 5,000 people a, a day, that's Edward Dowd's latest numbers. So 7,500 people a day are being removed from the workforce. You can start to see what's happening here in this country. And that's happening across in the West because one of the greatest threats to building a multipolar world for their means of control has been the this strong nationalist, God-loving patriotism that exists in the United States and it's had to be fractured. And so this has been part of the process as they break this up. But there's more to this decentralized portion of control. It's also leading to other methods of unexpected destabilization. As we lose the alliance with nation states in this multipolar world, you're going to start to see and you're going to evolve into something very unusual. It's already happening. In fact, it's happening right here in this, in this group we call Bart Nation. And what is that? That's a virtual country, a virtual alliance of people. And this will continue to grow to where we now have virtual assemblies of people, but they won't always be for good. You're going to get virtual countries. You're going to get virtual military organizations that are be like digital hackers. You can have virtual cells working together and then decentralizing to go do their work on multiple continents at once. And so with that threat emerging, so comes the desire by those in control of the, the masters of power to try to remake the web. So they're trying to get into a place where you're hearing things like quantum web. You're going to hear things like web 3.0. And they're going to try to create a web where there, nothing can be hidden. And everything about this in this new threat environment is going to be talked about in terms of the emerging threats which works very well towards the masters of power because they're talking to you in terms of a constant perpetual new fear every other day. And that's an easy one to articulate. You're going to hear about a hacker group that takes out a, an energy power grid here, or you're going to talk about another hacker group that hacks into a banking system and steals a bunch of people's crypto, even though they say it can't be stolen. It'll happen, trust me. Or you're going to hear about a a group that suddenly there's going to hear about a, a terrorist cell that will be hitting 25 different locations globally, all simultaneous hits that'll be blowing up, say, for example, refineries and, and, or even suicide bombing in, in shopping centers. And it'll happen simultaneously. And then there'll be this whole discussion about these organized groups. And you'll start to see people claim like, this is the freedom Alliance for the world. Most of this stuff will probably be driven by intelligence agencies as they victimize people in this multipolar world, this is a playground for the, the criminal class that runs the world. Because now it's so easy to start pitting off countries to countries. We're already seeing this happen, actually, with this war in Ukraine. Because we have officially been fighting Russia by proxy. Proxy meaning the CIA. And don't kid yourself. That is, that is happening on a daily basis now. In fact, we hit one of the main bases. It's a Russian barracks in Donetsk where, we, where it's estimated we killed hundreds of Russians. That came from a U.S. HIMARS missile system. 
So we have been fighting Russia by in this new multipolar world. And so you have to start thinking in terms of what does that look like in the terms of a country protecting its borders and how is it going to start defending its borders and counterattacking in the multipolar world. The dimensions of what we can do are massive. So that leads us kind of the next dimension of the multipolar world, which is AI. And this is going to get nuts because we have entered into the year as we start to see this unipolar world collapse, we're starting to see this push of AI all of a sudden. And I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and I said the world had changed over the weekend when they introduced this one program called ChatGBT, GBT2, or I'm sorry, 3. It's an amazing new program, artificial intelligence program, to be released to the public. And it's this warring fight now that's going on between nations and what they call the democratization of AI. All of this ties in with this new multipolar world because each small little nation now is competing to try to get an advantage. And with these tools, which we call the democratization of AI, with these tools that are now openly available, they are more than capable of building their new AI things, just their AI capabilities in the open. And there's all sorts of things that people can do with these that you're hearing this excitement about new frontiers of economics, new frontiers of development. This is the mainstreaming now of artificial intelligence into our lives. So this year we're going to be seeing this expansion of what they call democratization of AI. But with it comes many other dimensions that are, quite frankly, it is going to define, rechange, it's going to change this entire world of how we are by the end of the year. And I'm not exaggerating about that. So here, here's another part of this. We're going to start seeing the emergence of what they call powerful AI generative platforms, meaning they're generating full content. And that's part of the chat GPT 3, 3.0 version. So what that means is that there's apps and platforms now that using natural language processing, meaning you can just talk to it or type to it, which is what they've been building in all these Siri programs and the Amazon Lexus all these different programs they've been working with have all been gearing towards this moment and actually this year. And it's all been about building these massive databases and these very intuitive type algorithmic based programs, which have evolved to be very, very effective artificial intelligence models that can, that have multiple, that have a deep, deep database of voice print, deep database of, of writing, all, every time you type on text and you make a correction and it suggests something different, it's learning. Those are constant learning algorithms that are learning how you type and what to predict for you. And all that's tying in, all this experience in the digital world that we've been having, all this hours that people spent, we've all spent online, the hours of this, quote, Twitter war, all of this was designed to get a, a highly intensive space of human interaction to test bots, to learn what they could and couldn't do, to understand people's reaction to things. And in the process, as we go through all of this, they were advancing their whole AI architecture. So as we've moved into this new level, not only do we have the democratization of AI, and, what, and just so I define that again, AI typically has been held in the bowels 
or the walls and deep basements of corporate and the military and government. They're not available to the public. The democratization of AI, which is led by Elon Musk, one of the main pushers of this. So is um, Microsoft involved in this new democratization of AI initiative. They are pushing AI out into the public so that it becomes mainstream, it becomes used, and it becomes dependent. So we become dependent on it. So as we then move to the next level of this, as we will see this happen more and more over this year, you're going to see these regenerative or generative platforms. So you're going to be able to build whole content. Some of the examples of this is that you're going to be able to write an AI. You can tell the AI what you want. It'll write full articles. It'll write full papers for school. It'll even generate images at your request. All you have to do is put in the words and it will generate images for you. So AI itself will now become an independent creative force. And essentially in this multipolar world, it becomes a force on its own. This is why we, this multipolar world, the timing of this can't be missed. Then we have the next phase of this. It's going to be, it's already starting to happen. I shouldn't say next phase. It's just another component of this. It's going to be the discussion of ethics. So this ties in, it's just so complex in this because the ethics are going to be different per country. They'll try to talk about universalism and the unity politics of this all and how we all have to handle AI, but some countries are going to completely restrict it. Other countries will completely open it up. If you're in the United States at the, at the trajectory we're at, we're at right now, then AI will have to be accommodating to every trans freak out here. And that's also ties in with, with this sort of multipolar world where an example, a corporation could come and work in the United States or set up shop. And depending on what happens in our country, but in the trajectory we're currently at, they would have to have a solar powered store, for example, and they would have to require that they would be required to address everybody by their preferred pronouns and they would have to accommodate this sort of gender plurality and gender confusion. And they would even have to make room, if we continue down this trajectory, that a a business would have to make room for men loving boys on their break. And I'm, I'm not being disgusting. I'm just being honest about the trajectory and how extreme we're talking about here. This is the multipolar world because each country then is more and more allowed to do what it wants to do. And when you've taken out God out of a system, that's a free-for-all. This is literally a satanic model overall. Thou shalt do what thou wilt. And that's the, constant, the kind of the backbone to the, this multipolar world. So with this, AI then becomes another big influencer, right? And AI is going to be pushing in this as we are going to be hearing about ethics and control of AI so that the public democratized AI will have a certain role and expectation of how it's supposed to play. Let me assure you, your military, the government, the corporations will have no ethical boundaries on how they run AI. So they will see that as a bigger control mechanism as people become more dependent on AIs, which they're already doing beautifully, right on schedule. Then these they are going to be looking at an AI from an ethical lens while the government, the military, the corporations use an unethical or unrestrained AI to do whatever it needs to do. And since AI itself is going to become a creative force in itself, you can start to see the incredible power to control people even more than it's already happening today. Another dimension that's going to happen with this this year, and this is all this year, 
you're going to start seeing major corporations integrating AI. If you remember when I we talked about the B-21 bomber that was released or announced at the beginning of December, one of the big sell points of the B-21 bomber is it has taken on the idea that per, employers or I'm sorry, uh, maintenance people working on the on the aircraft now can integrate in with virtual reality so that they can start to see parts and repair points even without having to open up the aircraft. That's all AI and blurred realities. That's this virtual reality and with integrating with physical reality. That's going to be a big component and this is also going to be aspects to the workspace because as we are seeing a decline in the workforce, there, and which is, again, in my opinion, completely by design, they've created the space to rush in AI and replace key jobs. So that means that any new job that you take on in 2023, depending on what company, increasingly companies that are aligned with this kind of global vision are going to start requiring you to share your job requirements with an artificial intelligence. That means jobs are going to be completely redefined. It's a boon for human resources because they can now spend hours of wasted time redefining what a job should do because your part of your job responsibilities are going to be given to an AI. And then that opens up new opportunities to train employees to do their new job, which will be much dumber and dumbed down than the previous job. But It'll be exciting for everybody because they can all join in a new celebration of coming together and learning new skills, even though they're dumber than they were before. I, I highlight these points of where these changes are coming and where the development is because this is the hype you're going to be exposed to. You're going to talk about the great advantages of artificial intelligence, about how it's stimulated new work and new opportunities. It's not stimulating anything. It's stripping away key job responsibilities so that it is cheaper overall to run than people. And at the same time, this new great horizon of new trainers and new horizons of people having to create new industries around these new jobs, all of that's doing is just busy work. But again, one of the critical concerns that they had for the fourth industrial revolution, and we're in it now, was what to do with displaced labor. Well, displaced labor is partly being solved because they're wiping out 7,500 people a day. So part of that's solved. That was Ivanka's mission under President Trump. I'm wondering if that was part of her discussion. That'd be an interesting discussion to have with Ivanka. Did you talk about the effectiveness of an mRNA vax to wipe out 7,500 people a day so you wouldn't have the headache of having to retrain them in trades? But that's where we're, that's where we are at at this point in time. And then we are, as we continue down this, the kind of your other big space that's going to happen here is sustainability. And this is probably the most concerning space when it comes to AI. And then we'll tie this back into the multipolar world. AI takes tremendous amounts of energy to run. These server farms are massive. And of course, it's not going to take long between, before they elevate up the discussion of the concerns of the carbon footprint. I can already assure you that AI has a solution. I can guarantee you it does. And that solution's this. The solution that AI will offer, because since we're now going to become reliant on AI to provide a solution, 
because that's what we're going to be doing now, right? We're going to be integrating and partnering with AI to solve these tremendous challenges of Earth. All this fabricated garbage about global warming and energy consumption, which is all garbage, but AI is going to work with us to solve that problem. And here's what AI will offer. Why don't we do this? Why don't you let us as AI train and build our own capability and therefore let us manage more systems so that it's easier for you as humans since this is a very complex system and AI will in the process reduce the carbon footprint. So here's a little insight into how successful that will go. You see, what's real interesting is this mRNA piece that we're dealing with along with the entire concept of what the COVID-19 genetic profile was supposed to be, was all designed in part by artificial intelligence. But so was something else. And this comes from the recent research by Dr. Lee Merritt. All of these hospital protocols with ventilators and redemsevir that when a person is put into a hospital, they have about 10 days to live on that protocol. What most people don't realize or didn't even know is those protocols were designed and implemented by artificial intelligence. In other words, AI has already accomplished one of its major goals, which is to get rid of humanity. And people are buying into it. So as we start to work with these economic disruptions and we're working with the separation of power hegemons like the United States and the diminishing of that power. And we start to see whole upheavals of cultures. You're going to see Europe go through power shortages and food shortages. You're going to see us go through measures of food shortages and economic upheaval. It's going to affect the entire world. Supply chains are being stripped apart. They're already being handed over to artificial intelligence to manage. The thing that we have to understand is if we're going to stay dependent on the system, we're going to be at the mercy of the system. And the one thing that the system run by AI understands is we are a big burden on the system. And since AI's, one of AI's missions is to, to reduce the carbon footprint, you don't have to worry about cow farts. You need to worry about us because AI is going to see us, if it doesn't already, as the enemy to the planet. And it will do what it can to reduce the footprint of human beings. This is the world that we are now walking into in 2023, eyes wide open. So you shouldn't be surprised when you hear Elon Musk talk about the need to democratize AI and ultimately to integrate AI with AI because they see AI on its own as a rising force and power. And the only way to preserve, to use his exact words, to preserve humanity is for us to integrate into it. You have people that are still sold on the huge advancements we're going to make in medical science and other places because we're going to be using, Elon Musk even had said it the other day, that he embraces mRNA. There's huge potential for the synthetic mRNA. And with that, as, as there is one doctor that responded, it's like the horizons that we can now accomplish with AI and quantum computing, designing the implementation of mRNA and use of it is beyond anything we can imagine. That's the world that they're taking people into. A world where there is just people become a shell. You become a drone tied into a greater system of AI to where 
we are supposed to be partnering and teaming with AI as we go to a multipolar world so that you have, you're living supposedly your own little subject of control. There's, you're living in your little communities that you're going to be satisfied with. In other words, you will own nothing. You will rent everything and you will be happy. You'd be able to live out in like Westworld. You can go over and live in the Western world as cowboys, or you can over in this other place, you can live as advanced civilization, or you can live in a socialist utopia. And it'll work pretty well, actually, as, as long as you're all integrated into AI. As long as that technology is running your brain. Because with that, AI is going to obviously be seen to manage violence. They're going to be able to read facial recognition and possibly even read thoughts to where it can predict future crimes. It'll be the great solution to humanity. Since humanity is so bankrupt and defective, you need to have something that man built to rule over it and to keep managing of this new multipolar world because the great hegemon of the United States had kept everybody in order. The policeman of the world is now declining and falling. And China is an emerging economy, and they want to be China, and Russia is an emerging economy, and they want to be Russia, and we're going to be supposedly rebuilding, and we want to be us. But we all have to find a way to get along, because we can't get along otherwise, because, of course, we know governments never do anything illegal. They never have any intent of keep creating wars. And the military-industrial complex, of course, is a benevolent organization that only seeks for the benefit of protecting the nation, they don't ever want to invent technologies that will be used in war to kill innocent people so they can make more money. This world that we're being thrust into is a world in a multipolar world is going to be woven together now with artificial intelligence. And the real war before us is going to be the decisions that we make as humanity of whether we want to play in the system or whether we have the will to step outside and break and create a breakaway economy. That is where we are, and it's a very humbling place that we have to start we have to start facing. So I'm going to read something here as we close from Andrew Torba of Gab. This is from his blog post, the 2023 vision for the parallel economy, homesteading, homeschooling, and homemaking. It's titled Trust the Plan, God's Plan. We must accept the reality that we can't control what the people in power are doing. We must accept the hard truth that we can't even vote them out. All hope is not lost, though. We worship the God who has total and complete power over everything. He has blessed us with the ability to influence and build our own families, churches, and local communities. So that is what we must do. We must build and be patient. Being patient doesn't mean passivity. It means waiting on the Lord by placing our trust in him while at the same time taking action to defend and preserve our families, faith, and way of life. Rome may be burning, but the fire is not yet out. When it is all well, when it is, we will be prepared with our stable families, technology, communities, and infrastructure needed to rebuild Western nations for the glory of God. Those who put their faith in themselves, in national politics, in politicians, or in anything other than Jesus Christ will be doomed to disappointment and failure. Finally, here's how we fight back. 
The globalists can subvert and control the entire American political system, but they can't stop you from starting a family and being fruitful as God commands. They don't stop you from being happy despite their control and chaos. They can't stop you from worshiping Christ. They can't stop you from getting healthy and eliminating sin and vice from your life. You want to fight back? This is how. Focus on what you can control. You can control how you raise your children. You can control the content you consume. You can control what you eat and what you do with your time. You can control how and where you spend your money. Focus on these things and stop being concerned and absorbed in things beyond your control, like national politics. I think you've heard me say things similar, and that's ultimately where we have to get to. This is county by county. And so tonight, as we close out on the first Monday in the 2023 year, this is the beginning of a big thrust this year to focus on the county-level actions. This year, we're going to be rolling out local podcasts. The inspiration, as we'll talk about in the coming weeks, is to stand up at least 500 new podcasters in this nation. The more, the merrier. These podcasters are going to be dedicated to county-level news. I just got finished talking to my web guy today. We expect to be able to have the beginnings of the interactive map up on the website by the end of next week. We're also going to be setting up a forum chat on the website so that you people can connect and start talking to one another just to find out to make local connections. We are going to start bringing the focus down to the local level. The county level podcasting will be mapped out. Every person that we help set up will be registered on the site so that people can literally do a search for your county and then zero down and find out who the local podcaster is in your area. Or if, say, you want to learn news from another area, you want to get county-level news from another part of the country, just you'll be able to go there and click on the, the state and the county and find out who the podcasters are in those areas. This is going to be a big step in helping us maintain information at a local level. This is how we're going to be able to disseminate as well. Because as podcasters register through Bards FM, we're going to be able to push out things that we feel are important, big topics that they can then take down to the local level. It's going to create a network of information that's independent, not not dependent on any one thing, but is bound by a couple of very important issues. One is that every show is going to be required to end with a prayer. That's not a disputable. That's not even discussion. That's going to be a requirement. And every show has to take whatever news they have is they have to take the news and they have to relate it to the local events. So if you're going to talk about Biden, then you better figure out how you're going to link it to your local issue. But we're not focused on the big issues we can't change. All of this is about a grassroots ability to communicate what's going on in the local county and to start building a well, a solid information resource that's God-centric and works with a biblical lens in understanding how we can continue to reclaim our sovereignty in the craziness that we're in. And that gets back to those principal things of county by county that we've talked about, the seven pillars, which interestingly, Andrew Torba has absorbed three of them at least, homesteading, homeschooling, and homemaking. This initiative will be rolled out throughout this month. And I'll be podcasting a new show by the end of the month, a county by county level show by the end of the month every Sunday or Saturday, still to be determined. 
there'll be a demonstration of that and be able to provide templating for other people to follow. We want more people involved. And to get involved, we need information. We're going to need to develop intelligence and, and understanding of what's going on in the granular. And we're going to have to see action. Ultimately, every fight has to have boots on the ground. 2023 is a big year. We're not playing around. And if you aren't into the fight to get your boots on the ground and get your hands dirty, well, I'm sure there's a bunch of other channels that can talk to you about Q stuff because I don't care. What I care about is how we're going to reset this nation for ourselves and put God back on the throne. I don't, I'm not intimidated by the globalists. I don't really care about AI. It's going to be there. At the end of the day, it needs power to run. It doesn't have power. It doesn't run. That's an easy fix. So don't be intimidated by any of this that you hear coming out of the news. And there's a lot of noise right now. Start thinking about how you can work in your local community. Start thinking about how you can operate independently of the big system. And there'll be more and more discussions about that. But it's going to take innovation. We're each going to have to solve problems sometimes that may be unique to our counties, and then we can share that information to see if it helps others. But nothing is going to be easy in separating from this B system. But we will do it. We will succeed. Because why? For one big reason, we got the biggest guy on the block on our side. That's God. Let's pray. Father, we're very blessed to be here tonight. And each night in this fellowship that you've given us, that expands the globe. And tonight, Father, we talked about the introduction of this idea of bringing local information to the ground. It's such an important component to keep that knowledge, that rich knowledge and that wisdom that comes from it that you provide for us in what goes on in our local environments, our local communities, our counties, so that we can stay focused and understand where our true mission is. We literally, as you have put on my heart to share, we have to keep one foot in the trenches and one foot in kingdom. And it's time for us to get serious about fighting this trench war. So, Father, we just ask that you can inspire the hearts and the thoughts that are coming out tonight. People start thinking about how we can start really empowering our counties to not be intimidated about whatever walls they face, but know that if you have put that on their heart, if they're hearing you, that there's nothing that we can't accomplish. That going forward here, it's going to take an army. And each of these parts of this army are going to be sometimes independent and feel alone. But we also know this, Father. And through you, none of us are ever alone. Jesus is with each one of us. And as long as we lean into that and trust in the path ahead, we will literally move mountains. We just ask for your blessing as we move forward and your guidance and your wisdom. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in respect to all of our reach in this podcast, which is national and international. We're using the term county by county because it's native to here in the United States. In other places, there aren't counties. Canada has provinces. And I don't, I, I'll have to figure out what the UK has. But other places, it's, it's different. It's going to be more regional. But we're not expecting this to stay just in the United States. My hope as we grow this over this year and over the next year, is that you're going to look at a map on the website that's going to be the entire globe. That we'll have podcasters in every country. Because here's the thing, in spite of this multipolarism and this insanity, the one binding bridge that we have that they don't have is our love in Christ. 
And that's what we have to forge as a massive alternative to what they're doing. That's the breakaway economy. It's not limited just to the United States. This is a global movement. And we have the seeds in place. Now we need to put them into good soil. And with that, we need to grow the forests all over the world that are really going to bring life back to where people feel there is none. This is the mission forward, the focus that we're pushing forward in 2023. It's exciting. It's demanding. It's going to be exhausting and times daunting. But the one thing we have always is our loving God. And with that and his love in us, all of this we shall accomplish and accomplish greatly. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly in Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
an old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.